It is such a joy again to be with you in this time of worship and so thankful to be able to bring before God, before this community, all that we are and all that we have. And so as we approach the word of God today, I invite you to let God continue to speak into your life, um, to continue to pour into you whatever this word is, whatever God's word is for you today. I invite you to rise as you are able as we share in our scripture lesson for today from the book of Deuteronomy. It's not one that we read from very often, but again, I think it has something powerful to say to us today. From the book of Deuteronomy, chapter four, verses one and two and six through nine. Hear and read and receive these words. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations." who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this is a great nation. It is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near to them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws that I am setting before you today. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and join me in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when we are thinking about rules and laws, I always find it interesting to go and look up some of perhaps the lesser known rules and laws that govern certain areas of our country. So this week into a little bit of a deep dive, I found that if you ever go to Oklahoma, that you can be fined for making ugly faces at dogs. And if you ever find yourself in Cleveland, Ohio, and you are a woman, you are not allowed to wear patent leather shoes because it might tempt the men around you to see that patent leather on your feet. In Michigan, if you are a woman, you, there is a book, a law on the books that says that you must ask your husband's permission before you cut your hair. So wives out there, I guess, get to asking uh, as we find ourselves in these hot, hot days. In Alabama, one of the laws on their books that I found quite amusing was the law that says that if you were taking your elephant for a walk on the street and you park the elephant, that you have to pay for that parking meter where the elephant is standing. 
And in Little Rock, Arkansas, there is a mandate on the books that says that you are not to honk your horn after nine o'clock p.m. at a place that serves sandwiches and cold drinks. Very specific we are. Now, if you're like me and you hear these laws that just seem a little bit wacky and out of place, you may find yourself wondering, like me, what on earth happened <laughs> to make those laws be written into action? You know that there are some good history stories that come from having a law in the books about somebody walking an elephant down the street, right? Some of these laws seem so outrageous that we may find ourselves thinking they are simply irrelevant. They are simply irrelevant because whatever happened to make those laws needed probably doesn't necessarily apply to us anymore. When we look at the 613 commandments found in the Torah, the laws of God, we can often find ourselves thinking like we do about some of these antiquated laws existing in the books here in the United States, that these laws are irrelevant, that they don't apply to us anymore. After all, laws that exist in the Torah that we no longer follow include having clothes with mixed fabrics. I am wearing mixed fabric clothes at this moment. We hold pigskins, otherwise where would football be, right? And I know that I am a huge fan of shellfish, um, which is also forbidden by the Torah. So these laws then, these 613 laws, many of us find ourselves throwing out and throwing out the whole thing because they're antiquated and irrelevant. And after all, we as Christians follow the New Testament, and not the Old Testament. There's often a, a difference in a dichotomy we think between the Old Testament, which is all about laws and rules and regulations, and the New Testament, which is all about grace. I've often heard that from congregants. Well, I'm, I'm a New Testament Christian. <laughs> I believe in grace. But as we delve deeper into scripture and really get down to it, Jesus himself, in the New Testament, says that he does not come to abolish the laws, but to fulfill them. Jesus himself says that we are to follow the laws, that they are important, that they make a difference in our lives and our world. And Jesus himself followed the laws because he was a member of the Hebrew faith. He would recite the Torah he would read those 613 laws. He would listen to the priests and the prophets share about them and he himself would live into them and told us to do the same. Because all of the laws he said, all of those 613 laws were to lead people to love God and to love their neighbor as themselves. The laws were meant to be tools of love. They were meant to set boundaries in which people were to live in order that they could have a blessed community, in order that they could be the people of God, the people that God had called them to be. As Moses 
as we find ourselves in today's scripture, Moses is leading the people. He has led the people out of Israel and, or out of Egypt, and he is preparing them, preparing the Hebrew people to enter the promised land. Now, Moses never sees that happen, but he is preparing them to do so by telling them that they are to obey the commandments of God so that they, as they enter this promised land and as they live as God's people, can be the people that God wants them to be. That they can be the people who live by just and righteous laws. The people whose lives and whose community and whose world and the world around them is shaped by the presence of the one who created them and led them out of Egypt, by the one who is ultimately the righteous one. It was told that if they forsook the laws of God, if they forgot those laws, if they forgot the boundaries, if they thought that they could do it on their own, that bad things would happen, that there would be consequences. Because again, those laws were meant to set boundaries so that they could remember who they were, Deuteronomy says, so that they can remember that they were a unique people who followed and who were led by a unique God, a God who was near to them, a God who was personal to them, a God who loved them, and a God who led them in love. That was the point of these laws, was to lead them to live a life in God. The laws that are included in the Torah are laws that are given to shape the worship life of people, to instruct them on how they are to worship and how they are to pray. They include laws that set norms for political and prophetic and religious leadership. They are laws that put limits on war and on blood vengeance. They are laws that establish a just economy by which the people of Israel are to care for the widows and the orphans and the poor and to protect the vulnerable and the immigrants. The laws of God shaped family life and established communal practices for holidays and celebrations and rest. The point of these laws was to shape people in the way of God, to transform them into the people that God had called them to be, to transform their hearts to the heart of the one who had called them to love God and to love neighbor. The law, the commandments were to be tools of grace and transformation. A.J. Jacobs is a journalist who also happened to be a non-practicing kind of secular Jew. He said that he was Jewish like Olive Garden was Italian, right? Um, he's he's semi-Jewish, but really when it came to beliefs, he was more of an agnostic. But he began to question what religion actually did for people. What did religion actually have to teach people, did it actually make a difference in how people lived their lives? And so he went on a year-long quest to obey 
all of the 613 laws and to wrestle with what that meant for us in the 21st century. And there were some, uh, some amusing anecdotes that came out of that that led to a book that he wrote. But one of the anecdotes that he tells is that about how he was transformed through following the law of tithing. The act of the tithe is the instruction that the people of Israel are given to give 10% of what they have, the best of what they have to God. They are to give 10% of their money, of their resources, of what they have to God. And A.J. Jacobs said, as he was seeking to follow all 613 laws, this one really hurt. This one was really a struggle for him, he said, to sacrifice 10% of what he had. And yet, as he found himself seeking to follow this law of God, he said he found himself transformed in gratitude. He goes, I don't even know if there was a God, but I found myself thankful to God. Thankful for what I had. I found myself more joyful. I found myself through this act, through this commandment, through this law, transformed. And that is the point. That is what we are called to do and who we are called to be as the people of God, people whose lives, whose hearts, whose minds, whose communities are transformed as we live out the commandments of God that are based in love. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I know that I miss the mark when it comes to that. Sometimes I miss the mark when it comes to living out love of God and love of my neighbor and love of myself. Sometimes I miss the mark. And sometimes we Christians throughout history have missed the mark when we have become too focused on the laws themselves and not on the meanings behind them, right? I think we find that when we think of all of those seemingly ridiculous laws that are on the books in different places. If we don't know the meaning behind the laws, it's sometimes we can get focused on the laws themselves and miss the overall point. How many of you guys have ever, either for your own children or you have been a child, testing the boundaries of exact laws, exact rules? How many of you have had a sibling or you have been supervising siblings that liked to literally press up on those boundaries, getting very, very close to their sibling and saying, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you, and as a parent, or as a supervisor, or as you say, that's not the point. The point is not that you don't physically touch your sister, the point is that you leave your sister alone. You're missing the point. And sometimes we can become so consumed by the laws themselves that we miss the overall point, which is again, to shape the life of our community, to shape us as individuals, so that we can better love God, love our neighbor, and love ourselves. Because when we don't, when we fall away from God, as we see in scripture, consequences befall us. When we don't care for God's creation, we see the effects of what happens when we fail to do that. 
when we don't care for one another, we see the effects of that around us as well. But because the laws are a tool for grace, because they are meant to draw us into God who is the God of grace, grace is built into the law. So that when we do fall away, when we do stumble, when we do mess up, we are always invited to come back to the heart of God. In Rachel Held Evans' book, A Year of Biblical Womanhood, like A.J. Jacobs, she decided she would try and follow all of the laws of the Bible for women in a year, which was quite a journey. And again, she has many funny anecdotes to share in that. But Rachel Held Evans talks at the end of her book about the power of Rosh Hashanah, which in the Jewish culture is the Jewish New Year. It is a year for newness. It is a year for fresh starts. And repentance and newness is a part of that. It is built into the very fabric of the laws for the community of the people of God to have fresh starts, to have repentance and to have newness. And Rachel talked about at the end of the book a story that illustrated the power of this newness for the people of God. She said that rabbis told a story that in some, in some rabbinical uh, cultures and in some rabbinical teachings, there's a story of that people are attached to God when they are born with a string or a rope. They're attached to God with a string or a rope. But when they sin, then the string or rope breaks. And they are no longer tethered or connected to God. But, she says, the rabbis would also teach that when we repent, that God sends an angel to tie those ropes back together, to re-tether us to God. And so as we go through our lives, as you can imagine, many of us have ropes that are very, very knotted. But the rabbis acknowledge that if you look at the ropes that are knotted, they're actually shorter than they were before. Meaning that as we find knots in the ropes, as we repent and come back to God, as we experience the grace of God, we end up closer to God than we even were before. Grace is built into the law of God because we have a God that seeks to be tethered to us, that seeks to be near to us. That is the whole point of the commandments of God to draw us closer, to draw us near, to draw us into the heart of God, to the heart of one another, of our community and our world so that we can experience and share the love and the grace of God. So this week, as we go forth into the world, 
as we seek to be the people of God that are near to God, as we seek to be the people of God that want to draw closer to God and to live best into the community that God has created for us, I want to invite you to pick one way this week, one way that you can seek to experience and to live into the commands of God. There's commands that are a tool for grace. Perhaps this means delving a little bit, if you're academic, delving a little bit into those 613 laws, figuring out what exactly the Bible says, what the context of those was, what was, what was needed that those laws are in place to shape the people of Israel. Perhaps you are called to, to delve into that a little bit and to dive deeper into God's holy word in that way. Perhaps the one thing that you are called to do is, is to be more intentional about your prayer life, about drawing closer to God and inviting God to draw nearer to you in prayer. Or perhaps you are called to live into the commandments of God, that tool for grace, by seeking to care for those around us in need of care, to care for widows or orphans or immigrants or the poor, as God's law invites us to do. I want you to pick one way, one way that you are intentional this week about living out the law of God. Intentional this week about seeking to love God and love neighbor and love self better. And as you do that, it is my hope and it is my prayer that you like AJ Jacobs, like Rachel Held Evans, like the Israelites, can experience the transformation that comes from living out this tool of grace that God sets before us for our good, that God sets before us to draw nearer to us, that we can be transformed in the power of God's grace in that way. Let us pray. God, we know that you are a God who is near to us and that you seek to make us draw near to you through your commands. So I pray this week, oh God, that we as your people can do just that. That in whichever small way you are leading us, that your law, your truth, your tool of grace can be a, transform a transformational tool in our own lives that as you set the, the boundaries around us in which we are to live for the betterment of not only ourselves, but our community and our world, that we may see you in those boundaries and those laws, that we may see you in the law of love that you have set forth. And that as we seek to live into that, failing as we will, <laughs> that you can transform us as your people transform us in your love to share your love and grace for this hurting world. Because God, this world is so hurting. 
And I pray that whenever your laws are used to abuse or to hurt or to harm, that we can step in and say, no, the laws of God are to be used for love and for transformation, used as a tool of grace. May we be able to share in this way the transformative power of your commandment and more importantly, of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.